Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Well, as Ash said, my name is uh, Jess, and with my husband Aaron, he was just leading worship. Uh, we're associate pastors and youth pastors here at Catch the Fire, Raleigh, Durham, and so thanks for, for having us this morning. Um, we are starting, a, or this is the second week of our sermon series on the Holy Spirit, and Murray last week preached an amazing message talking about the promise from the Father of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit um, brings fruitfulness and abundance in our lives. And so this morning I'm continuing our series and we're today's Pentecost. So um, happy Pentecost Sunday. We're going to dive into the, the scriptures this morning in Acts where the Holy Spirit came and fell but I'm going to backtrack a little bit before we get there. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn with me to John chapter 16. And I want us just to imagine and picture something for a minute. So Jesus was here on this earth. He was God in heaven on a throne, um, created the earth in one word, in one breath, breathed life into our lungs. And then he came to this earth as a baby. And he walked this um, this earth, and for three years in his ministry, we saw in the Gospels Jesus doing incredible miracles, signs, and wonders. He's laying on of hands, he's seeing blind eyes open, people being raised from the dead, people being set free from demons. And the disciples are watching this uh, all unfold in front of them. Imagine how amazing it would be to have Jesus in the flesh with us right now. Right? Would that be pretty amazing to have that Jesus with us? And he's, uh, so they're experiencing this Jesus and the crowds are flocking after him. People couldn't get enough of Jesus from Nazareth. They had heard the stories and they're even just trying to touch his garment so that they would be healed. And this Jesus says to his disciples this. He says, now I'm going to him who has sent me. And none of you asked me, this is um, John 16, chapter 7, or verse 7, sorry. Now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, some translations say, it is better that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, it's actually better that I leave you. Myself, like all the amazing things that you've seen me do, my father's work that you've seen me do, it's actually better that I leave you. And they couldn't understand this because Jesus was, he was everything. He was incredible. He was their Messiah. He's here. And really three years is such a short time for them to see him, um, you know, doing miracles, signs and wonders. And they couldn't wrap their heads around that it's actually better that he leaves because he's, he's only one person, right? We saw the crowds flocking after him, but he couldn't, he couldn't be with and sit with each and every individual person. But he's saying it's better that I go because I'm going to leave you with the helper, with the advocate, with the Holy Spirit, the promise that God the Father has given us. And when I think about a promise, it's something that isn't broken, and the scriptures say that God's promises, they never return empty or void to us. And so when God promises something to us, he's going to fulfill that. So if he's promising that there's something better that's going to be left behind, the person of the Holy Spirit, not just a, you know, a thing, it's 
the Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God himself, the Spirit. He's Emmanuel, God with us at every moment. And Jesus is saying, it's better that I leave so that I can leave you with my Holy Spirit. And so today is Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost, the word actually means 50th or 50th day. And it's 50 days after Passover. And it's one of the holidays in the Jewish calendar. And it celebrated the first harvest of the year. And my mom actually pointed out to me um, earlier that we, uh, so after, okay, sorry. Pentecost is the first harvest. And actually for us to, um, to see the harvest here on the earth of all the souls, we need the Holy Spirit to see the great harvest. And so today we're celebrating the start of the great harvest. And also in our Christian faith, it's actually the start and the birth of um, the Christian church. And you'll see as we read that here today. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to dive right into Acts um, 1 and 2. And Jesus is about to be taken up to heaven, and he's been teaching his disciples and instructing them on what they are to do when he leaves. So Acts 1 verse 3 says, after his suffering, he, as in Jesus, presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was still alive. Do you remember when Jesus like walks through the wall and he's like showing the disciples his, his scars and Thomas is like, I don't believe it's you. And he's like, no, come and touch. So he's, try, he's showing them, no, this is really me. I've risen from the dead. I'm here. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is telling them this place where I was crucified, where people put me, they whipped me and they beat me and they hung me on a cross. This place, I want you to wait here for the Holy Spirit. Now, they were probably freaked out of their minds to even stay in the general vicinity because everyone knew who they were. They knew that they were Jesus' disciples and that they had followed Jesus for the last three years, and they were afraid. They were afraid of what would happen to them, maybe that they would get crucified too or be killed or thrown in prison. And Jesus tells them, I want you to wait here in Jerusalem for the gift that I'm going to bring. And so they actually are waiting in a house, and they're locked in the house. Like, the windows are shut. The doors are shut. And then we read in, in chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, remember, they're hiding in a house. The doors are closed. The winds are closed. They didn't have air conditioning. There wasn't, you know, some fan that turned on and all of a sudden they're like, oh, the wind. No, it says a violent, mighty, rushing wind filled their house, filled the room. That's crazy, right? Hello. You're sat there and all of a sudden it's just like, whoosh. And you're like, what is happening? And then it says, then they saw tongues of fire 
that separated and came to rest on each of them. So the fire of God filled that room. The wind of God blew. The fire came and it separated and landed on all of their heads and landed on them. This would be insane if you're there. (laughs) We get freaked out when someone falls on the floor. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had their own language being spoken. A lot of Jews would come home for Pentecost. They would come home for the different holidays. And so there was Jewish people spread in all different parts and regions, and they would come home. And I think that's pretty cool because it's Jesus is saying, I want you to be my witness, meaning I want you to be the carrier of my name, carrier of the gospel and the good news. And these people are gathering, and they're, and Jesus is what he said in the chapter before, when the Holy Spirit comes in power, I want you to be my witness. And so the Holy Spirit is coming and he's saying, I want you to carry this out to the ends of the earth. Utterly amazed, they asked, when they heard the sound, a crowd came together and they each heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? And then he lists a bunch of names different places that I will surely butcher the names of. I've practiced, and they're very hard. (laughs) Cappadocia. (laughs) We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. So obviously, when the Holy Spirit falls, it's not always neat and tidy, Sometimes it looks a little bit messy and a little bit crazy. For them to say, oh no, it looks like they've drunk too much wine. They must be acting like they're drunk or be acting pretty crazy. They're speaking in different languages that they don't even know and somehow they all understand what they're saying. There's like a tongue of fire on their head and there's a wind going around. I mean, things looked a little bit crazy. And sometimes we want the Holy Spirit to, you know, just to come super nice package. <laughs> but sometimes he comes like the rushing wind and the fire and the crazy. And then Peter gets up. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. (laughs) It's not Halloween on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. It's nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then we skip down to verse 32. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. 
exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. So good. So the Holy Spirit comes in wind and fire and power. And he also brings wisdom and revelation. When I think about the fact that they could understand each other's tongues, that's like revelation from God right there for the interpretation of tongues. And we start to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, coming. And Peter stands up and addresses the crowd. And people must have heard what was happening and carried on because it was just the disciples up there. And then all of a sudden he's addressing this crowd. So people must have gathered to see and hear what was happening. And just a few weeks earlier, Jesus is saying to his disciples, surely one of you will deny me before the crock crows in the morning. And Peter's like, I will not deny you, Lord. And then that very night, he denies who Jesus was, says, I didn't, I didn't even know him. I don't even know that guy. He's, you know, like shame by association. He's like afraid by association. He's afraid that Jesus has been arrested, like he's going to die. i I don't know this guy. I need to pretend I didn't even know him. This is that same guy. And he's probably in, an, in a place, the same place, where they were all screaming, crucify him, crucify him, when Jesus stood before Pilate. The same people in that crowd in Jerusalem, in the same city. And then he stands up after the Holy Spirit comes and fills that room and lands on them with fire and power and boldness. He stands up and preaches the gospel and said, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Messiah. And now he's seated at the right hand of our Father in heaven. And this is the promised Holy Spirit. And he starts boldly declaring the gospel and the good news of who Jesus is. And he went from being cowardly to being courageous and being... Uh, frightened to being full of faith in that moment. And that's what happens when we allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come and fill us is we're filled with that boldness and that conviction to carry the good news of Jesus and fulfill what he said in the chapter before where he says, I want you to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit falls in power. And we see as Peter begins to, um, to quote scripture and quote the book of Joel, saying that this, the spirit will be poured out on all flesh. We see that the kingdom of God is an inclusive kingdom that's for everyone, that's for all people. And this was very cutting edge back then. To say that God was going to fall on men and women and they were going to prophesy, young and old, servants and not servants, <laughs> masters. And he's saying that I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. That the Holy Spirit is not reserved just for a group of people. It's not reserved for the elite. He's poured out his spirit on all flesh. That we all have access to the person of the Holy Spirit and to receive his power. 
and for us to operate in that. And also he's saying that we're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, that we'll prophesy, that we'll dream dreams, we'll see visions. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because our Christian walk, our faith and our journey with the Lord would be pretty boring if there wasn't really much to it other than just, hey, we love you, God. And he's like, no, that's amazing. Come, pour out your love and your worship on me. But it's so much more than that. It's for you to be filled so that you may pour it out. It's for you to come so that you get filled up with boldness and that you can carry that gospel into the streets. You can carry the gospel into your workplaces, into your family, into your lives. Come on. So the Holy Spirit, he fills us up with the boldness and the conviction for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We receive our salvation through Jesus and we receive the power and the authority through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, as as the people were listening to Peter talking and they were gripped in their hearts at what he was saying and realizing the truth, probably some of them were realizing, wow, what have I done? You know, yelling crucify him and watching the death of Jesus and partaking in that, participating in that. And their hearts are gripped and they're saying to Peter, what can we do? Like, what is next? You're, you're telling us about this Jesus. What can, what can we do? And he says, repent and be baptized and the Holy Spirit will fill you. And so the Holy Spirit leads us into repentance because his fire refines us. His fire purifies us. And, and Jesus' blood washes us clean. And when we walk in that, in a place of repentance, in a place with an open heart, the Holy Spirit can use us and transform us and transform the world around us through us. And so um, when I was at UNC, I was a student there. Now it's been like five, six years since I graduated. It's crazy. But um, before I went there, I had a dream or sorry, not a dream. I was in Pemba, Mozambique. I did have lots of dreams when I was there. But my dad was coming to visit Duncan because he was um, preaching at my harvest school that I was doing. And his room was like a speaker's room. And so they put AC units in the room. And it was 113 degrees. And I'd been there already at the time for about four months, had a couple months left. And so I was like, Dad, can we come in your room? <laughs> it's like me and my best friend. So we like just went and hung out in his room in the afternoon, just like laid on his comfy bed with the air conditioning. And I was like, this is the life right here. I'm like raiding his fridge. And I knew that I wanted to go to UNC at the time, but I had graduated from high school. I hadn't yet applied to get in. And... I actually hadn't even toured the campus. I just knew when I moved down here, I'm like, I want to go there. My sisters and I joke, it's because we liked Baby Blue. And like, we didn't really know anything about the sports teams because we were from Toronto and we get here and we're like, yeah, I like that color. Let's go for them. And then it turned out to be the best choice. So, um, <laughs> oh, tar, there you go. <laughs> So I'm, I'm there, and my friend and I were like, let's pray for our university campuses. Remember, I hadn't got in yet. I hadn't even applied. So I'm there, and I'm lying on the bed, and I would, the cry of my heart, because I was in, you know, a little bit of a ministry school bubble, I was afraid of what life would be like when I left Pemba. I'm having all these dreams and visitations, and I'm encountering God every day, and there was a part of me that was sad that I was leaving, and what was it going to look like? But remember, the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit anywhere we go. 
and I have access to that same spirit wherever I am. So I'm there on the bed and I'm crying out, God, don't let my fire go out when I go to uh, UNC. Don't let my fire go out. And that was what I was yelling. And God took me in this vision. And this was the first moment where I actually had an encounter with the, the person of the Holy Spirit. I had obviously felt the Holy Spirit and I heard him speak to me. But I like saw the Holy Spirit in this vision. And I look at the ground, and it was this dry, cracked ground, and it was the courtyard at UNC. And you know, like deserts, how they're all like cracked, some of them, if they're not filled with sand. So I'm there, and I see myself standing there, and the Holy Spirit comes up to me, and he starts pouring this oil on my head. And then he looks at me, and out of his mouth is like this fire coming out of his mouth, and he's on fire, and he goes like this, like that and he breathes on me and oil is pretty combustible right (laughs) and all of a sudden in this vision my entire body is filled with flames and I'm completely on fire and I'm like in the vision I'm like standing there looking out at this dry land and I hear and the cry of my heart was that I was saying out loud was God don't let my fire go out right and the Holy Spirit said to me he said Jess your fire where does fire spread in the best, in a dry place or a wet place? And I saw myself, like, step onto this courtyard, and all of a sudden, everything just erupted in flames. Because when the Holy Spirit fills us and breathes his fire on us, we can't help but set everything else on fire around us. Because it's a spreading, all-consuming fire that is contagious, that spreads around to the world around us. And I, in that moment, I felt so filled with the boldness of who he was. And there were times where, like in high school, I was probably more super intimidated to like share my faith and who I was. But I was like, I have a choice in this moment to own who God is and what he's done in my life. And so even though I was at a super liberal university filled with so much humanism and intellectualism and I would be sat in one of my classes and my professor called me out in front of the whole class. And I felt like I was in the movie, God's Not Dead. Because we're reading this, my professor was from the Congo and he believed in um, ancestral spirits as like gods. And so we're reading a book about it and he asked the class, who here believes in God? Like the Western monotheistic God. And people like are kind of like, "Eh, me. And I'm like, yeah, me. And I was kind of friends with him as a professor. Like, I would go to office hours. My friend and I would hang out talking. And then I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, shoot. I sh- why am I just, like, seen and not heard? Like, I just want to not even be noticed. Because he's like, Jessica, stand up. I'm like, oh, gosh. He's like, tell the class why you believe in God. I'm like, oh, okay, Holy Spirit, fill me. The helper, I need you. <laughs> need wisdom and revelation pronto. And so I'm there, I'm like, okay, what do I say? So I heard him say, talk about who I am to you. Because I could spit out verses, I could talk about everything that they knew. Oh, well, and I was raised in the church, and my parents are pastors, and and so, you know, I just have believed him, and I read my Bible. And he's like, no, tell them who I am to you. And I started saying, 
I, I know he's real because he speaks to me. I know he's real because I have encounters with him. I know he's real because my knee was dislocated. The doctor said I would need surgery and God healed me in an instant. And I start saying like who he is and what the Holy Spirit has done and how he's worked in my life because people can't deny your testimony and you become a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ when you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. When boldness comes upon you, we become like Peter. The person that was hiding in the corner is now shouting from the rooftops in a city where he might get killed for who he is. And that's what happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And we allow to go, when we step out from the, the nervousness of, oh, I just, I want it to be neat and tidy to allow the fire of the Holy Spirit and the wind to come in and crash in and allow him to do whatever he wants to do with us in our lives. And some of us, we, we all experience the Holy Spirit differently. And even in different seasons of our lives, there's seasons where I've felt him in one way and then the next I feel him in a different way. And that's okay, but I think the important part is, is for us to be open to him moving and to realize that Jesus, when he left and ascended into heaven, it didn't just stop there and we're all waiting for him to come back. He actually left us with something better with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're waiting for that next thing and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm right here, remember? God with us, <laughs> Emmanuel, <laughs> me. <laughs> here I am, exactly. And so some of us, we, we actually might feel peace when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Some of us might experience joy and laughter. I love this story. That, um, there's been several different times, but John, Pastor John Arnett in Toronto, when the Holy Spirit poured out in the revival, there was... I mean, we would, people would see crazy things happening, miracles, signs and wonders, but also, you know, people reacting to the Holy Spirit in different manifestations, falling on the floor, shaking, speaking in tongues, different things. And there would be moments where um, someone would be laughing in the service. Like I would be, you know, whoever's preaching is preaching, and in the back there's someone just laughing the entire time. And in your flesh you're like, can someone just take the person out? It's really loud and annoying. I can't hear what they're saying, you know? It's distracting me. And if I was the speaker, I'd be like, security. <laughs> um, can't focus. But one time after the service, Pastor John interviewed a woman who had been laughing hysterically. And she said that my son died when he was very young and I had felt grief for decades I haven't been able to feel joy. I've been depressed. And the Holy Spirit came on me. And now I feel so much joy. And so sometimes we don't know the story that's going on behind what the Holy Spirit's doing. And sometimes we write it off. And he's like, no, I'm doing something new in their, in their life. I'm transforming them and changing them. And so we have to be open to that. Some of us might speak in tongues when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Some of us might want to prophesy. And some of us might want to cry. Or might want to fall on the floor and shake. Like, however we experience the Holy Spirit, we have to be open to that. And I love what my dad says. He says, if you um, put your finger in an electrical socket, you might have a reaction, right? So if you access the God Almighty who breathed breath in our lungs and said, let there be light and created the entire earth, I think that we would feel something. <laughs> I was teaching my daughter Zoe not to put things in the electrical outlet because we had like we thought we we're all good we had trained them not to do that and then I gave her, her headphones and she was like cool this goes in here and like goes over and I'm like no metal I'm, no don't do 
don't do that. And I'm like demonstrating. I'm like, if you put it in, you're going to be like, and she's like, okay, and like pretending. But anyway, so that's what it looks like if you put your finger in the electrical socket, P.S. Um, Wouldn't advise it, except the Holy Spirit. You can plug into him anytime. (laughs) So there's different ways that we all can experience the Holy Spirit. But today, I, I want to make room, actually, for us to just encounter him and encounter his presence. Because in his presence, we, there's fullness of joy. There is revelation. There's wisdom. There's boldness. There's miracles, signs and wonders, healing for our bodies. And I feel like there's a fresh impartation today of boldness for us to carry the gospel I love that we're doing this series after the series we just did on the gospel because it's through the Holy Spirit that we can even do this journey. His grace in us that allows us to go and speak boldly the gospel. So I want to invite you to stand wherever you are. And when I was at university, there was, there was lots of ample opportunity for me to Um, to share the gospel. And now my season of life is different. I'm a mom of three, and I have three crazy crazy kids running around, four, three, and one in a bit. And it's just, it looks different. I'm not able to just, you know, see someone necessarily would like go and pray for them if they're saying their neck hurts in class or whatever it is. But now I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, how do you want to move today when I'm at the park and I see other parents and other moms? How do you want to encounter them today? How do you want to, um, how do I teach my kids certain things? There's moments for all of us, whether we're at school, whether we're in the workplace, whether we're at home with our children, um, for us to encounter the Holy Spirit and allow him to use us in a powerful way to be his witnesses. So if you want some a fresh impartation today of the Holy Spirit. I actually want to invite you. You can come forward. We're just going to lay on hands today because there's an impartation for boldness, for faith, for conviction, and there's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come and move in miracles and signs and wonders this morning. And if you want a fresh baptism, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, come on up. If you want to speak in tongues for the first time, come forward. We're just going to go around and lay hands and just release the... Yeah, come on in. Squeeze in. There's lots of space up here. Yeah, come on up here. If we have any of our ministry team or Ignite Group leaders who want to go around and lay hands. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? Would you fall afresh on us, God? Would you fill us up, Holy Spirit, with your boldness? Would you fill us up with faith to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth, to be witnesses of who you are? Would your fresh fire come and fall today in the same way in the upper room, God, 2,000 years ago, where your wind and your fire fell in that room? Holy Spirit, would you come and fall today on us, on these hearts that are open to you, God, to receive what you have. Would you come? Thank you that your promise is to fill us, that you fill up our hearts, you fill up our minds, you fill up our souls. Come and fill, Holy Spirit, come with your fire. If you wanna get right with God too, if you're like, your heart's burning and you're like, what do I do? They said, repent and be baptized. 
with the Holy Spirit. So just pour out your heart to God, whatever you need to do to get right with the Lord this morning, whatever you need to repent of, just repent to the Lord. Open up your hearts to Him this morning. Yes, fresh fire, fresh revelation, fresh filling of the Holy Spirit this morning. And if you're uh, in the chairs, why don't you just also put your hand on your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you this morning. More Holy Spirit, more. watching online too, you can just ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill wherever you are right now, to come and fill your heart, your spirit. spirit of fear, any spirit of fear of man right now in the name of Jesus, we come and we break that off and we release right now a spirit of faith and a spirit of boldness and courage over each and every one of us, courage to carry the gospel, to be witnesses of Jesus Christ here on this earth, to be unashamed of who we are and who he's called us to be and the message that he has for the world. In Jesus' name, 